Hello and welcome to a new episode of the CTO show with Mehmet. My name is Mehmet and as you know in each episode I cover different topics from emerging technologies like cybersecurity, AI, blockchain and different topics related also to startups and businesses and sometimes I have guests with me who are themselves entrepreneurs or subject matter experts or both at the same time and Today, I am pleased to have with me Sam, Sam, who's joining me from New Zealand today. Sam, thank you very much for being on the show. If you can just tell us a little bit about yourself, what you are up to. Our topic today is very uh, interesting, I would say. So I will leave it to you. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Mehmed. It is an absolute pleasure to be on your show. Um, just to give a bit of a background about myself, I've been an entrepreneur for over the last 15 years or so. And in that, I've built a startup in e-commerce and e-sports um, and um, software development um, and stuff and, and so on. I've written books on tech startup. I've spoken at events like TEDx and quite a few different conferences um, around the globe. Um, over the last year and a half or two years, I've been involved full time mostly in Web3. I've been running podcasts on Web3 um, and I've recently launched a podcast on artificial intelligence where I invite a stand-up comedian and we just have fun with everything that's been going on in the world of artificial intelligence and, and the latest in the tech world. Um, <clears throat> what I'm doing currently it is I am advising quite a few blockchain and artificial intelligence startups, mostly based out of US or mostly based out of San Francisco. So that's that's my full-time thing is to work as an advisor, consultant, and just see what is out there. And um, yeah, quite passionate about, about all things blockchain, Web3, crypto, AI. So feel free to ask me any questions about the tech side of things or how they relate to to everyday people i'm very happy to talk about all that that's a very i would say i can feel it from now we will have a very rich episode because a lot of things that we can cover now i want to start with web3 okay yeah now and again what the reason i'm asking you sam and while i was preparing for the episode like i know you you've a subject matter expert in all the topics that you mentioned right now for someone who is not too much technical and for someone who might know a little bit about what is the web 2 can you tell us in a simple form what is this big hype about web 3 absolutely i can <clears throat> i can definitely describe <clears throat> to someone who's not from a technical background what is web 3 so these are generally quite large topics and that include a subset of large number of technologies that come together and they are defined as that so someone saying um, mobile technology now the mobile tech itself could be very big so it could in include things like the app store and it could include things like the the 
<clears throat> the infrastructure on which mobile tech is built. It could include um, <clears throat> GPS systems and, and so much more. So it is a collection of technologies. Um, it is not just one technology as such. And same thing with Web3. It is a collection of technologies. But the whole idea behind Web3 is that it is decentralized and it is a technology that is safe to give power back to people. So what do I mean by that? So when people talk about Web1, they generally talk about the internet of back in the days in the early 90s or late 90s. I think if you'd remember, most of the websites were static websites or just website with content that you go there, you read that, and it was very unidirectional. Whereas Web2 came and it brought with it a whole um, another way of interacting with it with social media where it was not just one way it was more of a two-way it was read and write so you you could not only read the websites you could interact by leaving comments by sharing it and interact in a much richer way and it built tens of thousands of companies around the world whether they were digital marketing companies or all sorts of new businesses <clears throat> were enabled because of those um, of Web2 technology, especially some things like influencer and even the podcast or even uh, content creators, because with social media, they could spread further, their messages could spread further. And that was the Web2. Um, once again, Web2 is not just one thing, it is a collection of technologies that enabled it. Same thing with Web3, it takes it one step further. It allows you to not read and write and share but it also allows you to own so this way with web3 because there is a whole um, another conversation or a technology called blockchain which allows to you to have governance without the government or without a centralized ownership of a company like facebook or google or anyone so this allows everyone to come together, create a platform or someone to create a platform and then divide it into separate blocks that different people around the world can own in form of tokens or coins or, or any other sort of a format. But there is no central authority and everyone can take part in the decision making of that project. So this is in theory what um, the promise of Web3 is or, or where Web3 is taking the technology world. Having said that, there are still a lot of challenges and we are still far from this utopian view um, or utopian reality. Um, there are challenges around, um, around all sorts of things, around speed, around security, around safety, around mm -hmm. um, user interface, because still a lot of these things are still hard to use. Like my parents are not, I don't see them using a digital wallet or anything anytime soon until they become even more easier to use. So if I want to simplify what you said, Sab, yes. regarding Web3, so if we think about, and I think people will understand what, what we are saying. So Web1, Web2, from technology perspective, I needed to rely on someone to host for me the website yes. and to control yes. the website, right? and yes. put the policies of the website. Web3, it kind of democratize the ownership yes. of the website. Am I correct? Yes, 100%. You, you said it. So um, say, for example, um, it's like you want to um, 
you want to create a website or you want space on on the internet you um you you need to go to like aws or some sort of a hosting platform <clears throat> however however it's like um say you want to create your own token um say mammoth coin you can go to a go to any chain and deploy a smart contract um and get create like i don't know 10 billion mammoth coins and then start giving these mammoth coins out to anyone who is promoting your podcast and then there is no authority once the coin goes out to someone it is in their digital wallet you have no authority based on what's written in the smart contract obviously then you have no authority they own that that is that is there it's up to them you cannot recall it back you cannot um, do anything to it whereas in web 2 it was a very different way of thinking so what web 3 allows is governance without a government so you could create something like a decentralized autonomous organization and then um, create tokens in that and whoever owns tokens get a say to vote in it and all this can be allowed using there's a lot of different web3 platforms that would allow you to create a DAO which is a decentralized autonomous organization and and run it as well so you could do that for your next company um, and it could be a more democratic way of running your company good or bad I, I don't know but that's just what the technology is allowing mm -hmm. that wasn't allowed before fine I'm I'm a guy who, who is from technical background, but I understand business. This is why I worked as a consultant for long years. Now, yes. I'm a huge believer, Sam, that any technology that comes out, um, it comes in different shapes. There are technologies that come out and solve problems, right? And there are technologies that come out they are cool, but still we need to find problems that this technology can solve with, right? So yes. where did where did you put Web3? For someone like me who's a consultant and who would go to a client and, hey, you know what? I think your problem can be solved with Web3. That is a very good question. And this is a question that I do ponder about. And there are um, some use cases but not enough because at the moment a lot of the problems that web3 is solving they were created by web3 itself so <laughs> um and also it's like you know there are blockchain experts and who go and advise businesses and stuff and and they start with the technology first i think that it is a wrong approach to start with uh, technology first because if you're a blockchain expert and and then if you're a hammer everything is a nail <laughs> you just want to hit everything if you're a hammer so that's a that's like a saying in english so um if you're a blockchain expert you want to just input that technology or or look for um, problems to solve with that technology that probably those problems don't yet exist. Um, but what we can look at is, is some of the things that um, what we can look at is some of the things that this technology has already solved and some of the killer apps that this technology has built. One of those is like uh, the double spend problem. Um, that Bitcoin solved um, or like blockchain solves because, you know, um, the concept of blockchain 
is it's pretty much blockchain is a database. It's just a different type of database. So in a centralized mm -hmm. database, you can um, write and rewrite and you know uh, defrag the data man, uh, database again and and then rewrite again so that's just the standard sort of uh, database that where you store where most of the data is stored whereas in blockchain a new record is added at the end of the chain instead of going and you cannot go and rewrite anything earlier in the chain so just the records are added and it has um, so it's immutable in a way, a lot of the blockchains. I mean, there are different types of blockchains, but most of them are immutable and they are permissionless and they are a lot more transparent. So you can get like it is traceable. So you would want to use blockchain where you want characteristics of immutability, where you want characteristics of permissionlessness. Um, so say if you are building something in open source and you want more adoption and you want more people to build on it, then you would want to use something like a blockchain where no one is in charge and it is out in the open. So it's just like, you know, there are um, like, for example, um, in in a traditional sort of trade fire traditional finance there's about 200 different currencies or 190 different currencies or, or maybe slightly less than that in the world but in when it comes to crypto coins there's tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of coins because there is no um central body saying that you can or you cannot start you can um go and deploy a smart contract in the next five minutes and deploy a coin um and create your own coin so that that just gives you an example of creating something which is in an open source there will be a lot of rubbish in that as well but it does give you that permission so wherever you want something permissionless wherever you want something mm -hmm. immutable because you cannot go and rewrite that um, or change or edit that sequence or that um chain you can only make additions to it so um, so yeah, so th those wherever you need those characteristics, you would do that. One obvious use case is money, and one um, obvious thing that is solving problem is stable coins. Because what does happen in the crypto is that the prices go run up and down all the time, and you cannot run a business like that when you don't know your costs are going to be uh, ten thousand dollars or two thousand or one thousand or hundred thousand. So you don't want fluctuation, and stable coins solve that. So stable coins are the killer app because you can move um, and pay your employees and stuff, which are all around the world, especially more so in Web three than other. Um, tech because decentralization is such a core ethos of the whole ecosystem that most web3 companies I, I talk with they all have distributed stuff around the world and they, one of the easiest ways to pay everyone is using different um, is using a stable coin and then they know exactly what they're gonna be paid at the end of the month if you say someone I'll pay you 0.1 ethereum or say one ethereum then it could be eighteen hundred dollars could be two thousand five hundred could be 800 who knows but this way if you say i'll pay you 800 usdc or usdt or something like that then they know exactly um what amount they're getting paid so th that's just one example of um of mm -hmm. stable coins 
Um, the other example is in governance. And if you want to create a DAO, which is a decentralized autonomous organization, and you don't want to be, say you want to create that for your CTO show and and but you don't always want to be in charge you don't want to um, run it so you could create a DAO and you could sell the tokens in it and whoever owns the tokens gets to decide who the next guest would be or, or whatever would be or, or you want to keep it completely autonomously running and even people will vote on who the next host would be and whoever has more tokens can decide that and and eventually you can sell out all your tokens and people might um, choose you to be the host and they have to again pay you from that tokens. So there are things that you can build on it that weren't possible in past. Um, and also I think that the killer apps that will come out of out on Web3 in future will not be anything that we have in our current world. It's just like, you know, when in the early 1990s, you had the brick Motorola phone um, if you tell them that what type of a phone would you want in future or what will you do with a mobile phone in future, they would only think of a smaller phone or a more portable phone um, that you can uh, fit in your pocket and you could use it to make faster calls or something like that. They would not think of that in 2015, people will be taking pictures of their breakfast and putting them on social media on their phone, or they'll be watching people dancing on the phone. This is what phones are mostly used for. How many hours do people watch TikTok versus mm -hmm. how many hours do they make um, spend on doing phone calls? So it's like the use case is completely different to what people could not even imagine because the, the technology wasn't there. So what we will use blockchain for we don't know. It's just like when um, in 2008 and nine, when the whole financial crisis happened, like the global financial um, recession and crisis and all that happened in 2008, um, what happened was that the came Bitcoin out of that. And at that time, the the founders of Bitcoin would not be even thinking about NFTs, but that's what it ended up as in 2021 and 22 people were trading a large number of nfts and it became a speculative market and people were trading all these um, monkey gif images and stuff so it's <laughs> like they would not have imagined it's like we cannot imagine how um how and technology that enables governance without gov government will be used um, or how a technology that allows things to be more permissionless, be more immutable, um, be used um, and allows decentralization will be used in 10 years time or 12 years time. So uh, what I can get from what you said, Sam, and, you know, to simplify more yes. to, uh, to the audience, the core of Web3 is blockchain, actually. And what we are trying to do is to build based on the blockchain, which is uh, again between brackets, between quotes, whatever you want to put. Blockchain yes. is not is not cryptocurrency. Don't mix. I'm telling yeah. this to the audience. Don't mix the both. So our core is is blockchain, which is you know like the I covered the topic a couple of times and the use cases. Now I see 
from you know like what you are saying and it's similar to something you know i see also with the metaverse concept as well uh, right yes. so so let's get the technology and let's see how we can fit things into this technology right so and now we start to talk about okay let's take the retail to the metaverse let's take the I don't know, like the leisure to the metaverse. Let's take the hospitality to the metaverse. And I think the same thing is going to happen um, with Web3 from, you know, the description that you gave. Now, in your opinion, and this is, again, something I, I get asked a lot, and I yes. want to now ask, ask you. So people, I meet them, what are you up to? Ah, we are up to cryptos, Web3, blockchain right yes and i said and i said can you explain more please now yes one thing i want personally to understand and i think a lot of people want to understand here when whether we talk about the blockchain and i mean here by blockchain as technology we always hear especially in the web3 and just you gave the example of the dao decentralized uh, yes. organizations we have to generate some currency right But at the end of the day, this currency, it exists only in the realm of, 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 of that world and how I can use it outside. The, the idea that I want to convey and I want to take your opinion about, like yeah, why, sure, I sure. Always have, why I always have to, in, uh, when talking about blockchain, to tie it to a cryptocurrency. Why you I cannot operate ah, Okay. So can can yeah. you clarify this for us a little bit? Yeah, yeah. The the thing is that blockchain is something that enables cryptocurrencies to exist because cryptocurrencies cannot exist on a centralized database. Because if on a centralized database, it's like think about it. Um, it's like um, AWS, uh, AWS, like say Amazon or Facebook or any company, any company creating their own currency in a centralized database they have the access to it so um, and they can change the the amount every single day of um, amount in circulation who holds it if they can see in the database and then they can go and um, change that change that data and and that is um, something and that is what we already have in our current financial system so so that's then we are going back to the same financial system. So blockchain, since it is decentralized, um, it allows for the creation of a currency that is running based on, on maths and the rules in the algorithm um, instead of the rules by the federal government or by a government or a bank. So, um, and when it's um, rules by maths, then it's not reliant on a single government it is universal so it, it can be used anywhere and with the the other question you were uh, or the other thing that you did mention was that um, about metaverse so why is sort of metaverse tied in that because metaverse has assets like digital assets whether it is Um, digital property, digital clothes, digital characters, whatever it might be, you want to be able to have some autonomy and freedom over that. So you can take your character out from one metaverse and go into another game, go into another metaverse. And if they all live 
on an open blockchain that is possible. So that's why there were some people who weren't fond of uh, Facebook's metaverse because they didn't want, did not want to be locked in to that because it was more of a centralized thing. So, so hence the whole rise of the whole NFTs and things that happened um, because of Web3, because of blockchain, because of um, decentralization. So you can um, buy your um, NFT on OpenSea and then it's a digital asset, but you, it's it lives on chain um, and then you can sell that anywhere. I mean, it is a lot more um, complex than that. Um, and there are still centralized parts to NFTs. Not It's not completely decentralized. So I, I can talk about that if you want, but we'd be going more into the technology side of things because there are shortcomings to that as well. Yeah, yeah, I can. No, no, fa fair point. And I think you made it very clear, Sam. And I think, uh, um, you know, the doubts are, are uh, now cleared out, I would say. Now, which I would say, because, you know, a lot of the things you mentioned, a couple of use cases, but where do you see both these technologies? I mean, blockchain and Web3, which uh, industries are the first ones we could see them disrupted by by these technologies and what could be you know the future ahead of us looks like let's say and i'm not talking about long time in three five years from now yeah yeah okay that, that's still like uh for for this take it's still hard so right now there are three things that this technology is used for predominantly like if you look at it the first one is transfer of value so people want to send money um and share so it's like when i was uh just a couple of months ago i was at a big conference in us and we were all taking different ubers and stuff and then we want to um send money to each other if like small amounts because we would share ubers and we'd be so many different people and doing so many different things and activities and stuff we would just use um, our digital wallets and our digital ids and we'll just usdc or usdt or something like that um or or, or um, BUSD or something like that and just um, send money to each other and stuff because we're all from different countries. Um, we didn't have um, another app that they use in US um, to to share and pay, um, pay each other. So um, transfer of value is definitely quite high up there and um so the transfer of value could be paying someone in in crypto um i have i have got paid in crypto i have paid people in crypto over the last two years two three years um and it works really really well really really fast compared to sending money through the bank which can take three to five days especially if you're going through two or three or five different countries you have got people working for you and so it's super convenient it's just few seconds and the transaction fees is extremely low based on which currency what you use um and at what time you are doing the transaction and stuff so the transfer of value is number one the other one is store of value so um bitcoin is a prime example of that where people use it as a store of value people don't use bitcoin for transactions no one is paying anyone in bitcoin generally in fact 65 to 68 percent of the people who own bitcoin they have not touched it in the last 12 months 
So the people buy it and hold it. Bitcoin is used for buying and holding and appreciating or used as a hedge um, against other types of assets that say if the stocks go down or if some other or real estate goes down, that this is just used as a diversification or, or and it is a much easier asset to move around the world. You just need to remember your key and you can access it on the blockchain anytime, anywhere, as long as you have access to internet anywhere in the world. So, um, so, so that's the second use case. And then the third use case that is, um, is not really a use case. And that is something that is the speculation, the gambling, the fun aspect of it. And, and those are the three use cases. So even if you look at these three, the, the top two are disrupting the finance sector. So I would think that the finance sector would be the, the biggest sector to be disrupted. There is so much innovation happening in that. And we haven't gotten access to all of it yet because there is some still a lot of places there's regulation to be um, dealt with. And there, there's still lots of um, things that need to be ironed out. Um, but I do think that uh, decentralized finance or um, or regular or traditional finance would be the first to be disrupted by this tech. And then the second would be entertainment and all those sort of things. Yeah, that's, uh, that's you know, I started to see other uh, use cases like, for example, people start to talk about disrupting the, um, what you call it, um, uh, supply chain, for example, um, yes. I, I started to see some articles talking about also how, you know, this can be implemented in creating, let's say, a better even user experience, uh, you know, and of course, combining it with other uh, use cases like the entertainment sector, of course, like it's, it's, uh, yes. it's, the, it's the biggest one, gaming industry, and these kinds of industries are like directly uh, leveraging the technology now uh, some i always like to do some intersections when it comes to technology yes. now uh, I, let's I have focus a, before you begin that before you begin yes. that i have a comment on that all those things like you know logistics and a lot of those things we have talked about and they have been talked about in in this space in the blockchain space and i have worked with some of those companies as well in past but the the real usage of how many people are using it it, it is minuscule or how many companies are using it or how many transactions are being done on that it is minuscule if you look at all the the transactions it is these three things pretty much cover up all this which is uh, transfer of value store of value which is means first one is trade and and then the trading speculation and fun part of it so those three are covers pretty much 99 percent of the of the current use case in future we there's so many there's like probably thousands of different use cases people are exploring and playing with around identity and lo lots and lots of different things um oh yeah but it will come. It will. We haven't seen real um, usage with that. Yeah, actually, you mentioned something which makes sense. Before I continue, like you, you know, when you gave the example of the Motorola phone and you know what people were were expected to see, like this is uh, completely makes sense because you know, like this is how humanity all the time yes. have uh, developed and we how we 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 were able to come out with other technologies and this is why. Now, with all the hype of 
emerging techs. Where yes. do you see the future, especially now with AI, generative AI, combined maybe with blockchain Web3? What are the possibilities ahead of us? So it is, um, I am finding it, uh, okay, so the one place where um, AI could work in this scenario is that AI is really good at crunching through a large amount of data. So it is all the data that the blockchains are making. You give that data to AI to find trends, to find different um, things or, or sort the, that or analyze that. So I think that would be the first cross-section that I am seeing currently. But the other thing that I am seeing what a lot of startups are doing is um, giving their data to AI to analyze it or manipulate it and then give it back to the customer. So pretty much a lot of the startups are uh, <clears throat> using chat GPT or, or some sort of uh, model um, in, in the backend and they are just building the, a much nicer, friendlier user interface. Um, just today I saw, a, a, like for example, just not not a web3 example but just today i saw a new app which integrates chat gpt it uses uh, chat gpt in the back end but what it does is it it attaches to your keyboard in um in iphone so say for example in iphone you want to send a message to your boss um, but it will rewrite that message. So you just ask it to write this message as if um, I'm resigning because I bought um, bought a lottery ticket and I got I won a million dollars, but write it in a much nicer way. And then it will type the whole message in a much nicer way. Or you want to um, send a nice message to your wife, girlfriend, husband, whoever, and you can, you can do that and it will rewrite the message for you. So... Um, so th this is just an example of a web two example, but pretty much there are lots of startups building a user interface to use chat GPT or another uh, large language model in the backend um, and, and serve data to people. One thing I want to ask you about here, Sam, and this is related again to the discussion we were having a couple of minutes back around the, you know, like web three and the relation with, blockchain cryptocurrencies now do you think ai whether it's chat gpt or any other language model we know that there are a lot of scams out there when it comes to to anything related to blockchain and mainly oh, cryptocurrencies. lots, lots. Right? yes yeah do you think ai will be able to help us i will give you a personal experience that it's happened yes, to yes, me yes. Uh, yeah. a lot but of course being a technical guy i was lucky enough but it could have happened to anyone else so yes. recently there is a trend. Someone comes to you and he said, hey, I have this application, which is like, it will break all the records. It's something never someone done before. Okay. And then they will tell you it's built on a, you know, a, a Web3 technology powered, of course, by a cryptocurrency. And this coin going to jump from 0.00000, I don't know how much cent, and it's going to become like... I don't know, $10,000 or something like this. Do you think AI will be able at least to help us fight these scams a little bit, especially when it comes to, to, to Web3 and uh, NFTs and cryptocurrencies? 
Um, not really, because a lot of the AI is not used as a search engine. So it only takes data from past and then serves the, the result. So what it would need to do is, um, okay, so that is what you were describing was like a, a typical shitcoin or a rug pull, you know? So what happens <laughs> in those is um, there are a few things. Um, I, I can, what I can share in a human way is, I mean, it's very common. Everyone I know has been drug pulled. Everyone I know has been, um, everyone, anyone who's been in this industry, like me for last, um, five, six years, seven years have lost money at some time on one of these sort of scammy projects. So that, that is part and parcel because when you have decentralization, anyone can start their own currency <laughs> so which is good and bad so there are a lot of bad people in the world as well and just like when the email was new back in the 1990s it was full of scam and full of mm -hmm. spam messages um, but then over time email filters became better at recognizing spam and putting spam straight in the spam folder so that was an opportunity that Gmail saw that as not a problem, but as an opportunity. And the same thing here. It's like there are few ways you know that it is a, um, a spam and on how to find out it is a, a spam or not. First thing is you need to do research that is the, the individual team of that uh, project, whether it's an NFT project, metaverse, are they visible? Are they known people? Are, do they have a history of running good projects? What was their previous projects and stuff? You know, that is the first thing you would um, want to see. And then once again, this is a bit more technical, but you want to see if there's been any audits done on the smart contracts because in the Web3 world, most things are, they are like people build apps. They're called decentralized apps. And these decentralized apps are powered by smart contracts. So what is smart contract? Smart contract is nothing more than, you know, say, for example, I have a digital asset, like say an NFT, and I sell that to you. And that NFT was created by artists um, X, Y, and Z. So um, some money should go to artists X, Y, and Z, and some money should come to me. So that would be written in the smart contract when the transaction happens. So... In, in this case, someone should go and re-look at the smart contract or you should see the audit um, has has been done on it so that um, that smart contract is not doing anything uh, nefarious to your digital wallet. So once again, this technology is requiring people to be a bit more um, smarter, a bit more advanced, and not everyone is. So that's why we don't have full ad adoption of this technology yet. Um, but what this um, technology that's been run on smart contracts that define all the rule, and then no one is... Um, the boss of of anything, um, there are definitely massive challenges in this space um, with that. So it is very hard. And once again, if you um, participate in speculation, which I don't, so if you participate in speculation, there is a chance that at some point you, you'll get burned because um, there is just a lot of temptation when there is such large amounts of money for people to you know, to run away or to do things. And, and there have been lots and lots of projects that have gone bust because of this sort of uh, short-term thinking. 
and yeah so that's why i don't i don't uh, indulge in speculation you, you can indulge in it if you think it's just like gambling it's just for fun but yeah 100% and you know like a lot of people again they come to me and they say hey what do you think about you know investing and they said guys you're asking the right the right guy here because they said yeah but it's like technology i say yeah it is technology but uh, i i am not a financial advisor at any mean Uh, yes. and as you and as you mentioned sam like it's completely uh, it's similar to when you do any investment actually even in the physical yes. world like you should yeah. whatever you whatever you describe now is actually what everyone would do let's say if you want to go like the very traditional way and go to the stock market investment yes. before you put your money like into a company you would go and check you know how many years have been they have been in business you need to check you know like uh, their financial statements you need to check exactly do they have too right. much loans yes. do you check are do they have churn in number of customers what the, you know like of course and yeah. this applies to technology and the what i hope that we can sort out with technology and this is why i asked you about the ai and i know that the ai needs information but at least you yes. know when you take decisions there is this due diligence that we can spread more so people can do this due diligence before taking decisions now i want to shift gear a little bit and ask you about you know the book that you have authored sam i know that you have yes. uh, authored a book if you can uh, tell me a little bit more about it yeah yeah sure before we go into the book i have one last thing to share about that you know sure. some of the smart contracts when you even buy some of these coins they are so sneaky you know what they do in the smart contract that is written that you can buy the coin but you cannot sell the coin <laughs> oh. so that's why it is very very important to look at the audit who has done the audit and read it uh, read that audit because it's written in plain english that um what does that audit say um if if the smart contract of that coin um specifies something like that or that you would be paying interest for holding it or whatever something strange it might have that over time the amount of coin you hold reduces automatically and part of it is burned yeah. or something you know so you don't know so you don't know so so that's why it is good um to educate yourself in that industry if you want to um participate in that just like if you want to participate in the share market you either have a broker or you educate yourself so the same you, thing over here sam it's very simple uh, i can give even a simpler example and not related to technology when you go to buy a second hand car right <laughs> yes yeah you you need you you have to do all the due diligence you need to see like yes. the the what we call it here the vin number the chassis number you need to check yes. if this car had accident before you know all this yeah. and what you are mentioning yeah the auditing part and before i go back to the to the book i have to make this now people might agree might disagree with me uh i think personally the idea of full decentralization is not possible for this reason because you need yeah. an authority to audit you know these smart contracts who we gonna um trust for having the authenticity of this of this uh, uh you know smart contracts platform so, i'm not i'm not saying it's i'm not saying we should not trust but what yes. i'm saying we are still far away from having you know this superpower of not needing a kind of yes. 
you know, like Central someone who can audit. Yes. Exactly. Yes. So, yeah. so currently what happens is that there are third-party agencies who do audits like Certic and there's lots of them um, and they charge big money and then they create the audit and um, and then you can go and read the audit. But now the onus is on the end user to do go and read the audit. There is no regulatory agency um, at the moment saying and clarifying that this is allowed. This is not allowed. This coin was good, bad. So it's just like, you know, if you sell a health product, you don't have to go and read an audit or anything. You can be um, assured because that the government or the health authorities make sure that no one is selling poison on the supermarket shelf, <laughs> you know? So so that is the, the big difference. So that has good and bad. So it's, that's why if you want to create a health product or something or pharmaceutical product, it will take you years and years to go through regulation in every country, at least two years or more and a lot of paperwork. But then with decentralization, it, the good and bad is like a double-edged sword. So um, it cuts on both the sides. So it's like um, it gives, allows a lot more innovation, but then there's also a lot of snake oil merchants selling fake stuff. <laughs> yeah, 100%, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more, uh, Sam, about your book. Yeah, sure, sure. So um, my book is called The 30 Day Startup. And then the whole idea in that is that you build, if you want to build a startup, you build it really, really fast. So you build it in within 30 days. And uh, um, so you build a, something called MVP, a minimum viable product. And so you build something really simplified version of the product, get it out there, get some feedback, and then improve from that. Because most of the products that you see today um, did not look like that when they were first released. They yeah. kept on improving, they kept on changing, they kept on adapting, especially in the technology sector, especially in in software, even more so than hardware. So, so that's why the idea is to, if it's a software tech product, release it as fast as you can so you can start getting feedback. That's, that's great insight. Uh, uh, well, Sam, you know, like I, I, uh, I want to to discuss a lot of more topics, but you know, the the uh, the, the time passed really fast for today's episode. Anything that uh, this is my traditional last question now. Anything you wish that I asked you? Um, not really. I think you have done an excellent job at covering all the topics. Um, the the only thing I would mention about um, that I am quite um, excited about my new podcast where yeah. I converge comedy with um, technology. So I call a stand-up comedian to come and um, talk with me and I talk about technology and I get them to make fun of the, the tech or fun of whatever That's the cool. topic. Just to make it simple and make it keep it fun and and keep it light and interesting and stuff. So I try What's to the name of the show, Sam? What's the name it's, of the show? It's I... called Disruptia. Uh, I will put it in the... I will, I will put it yeah. in the... It's called Disruptia.news. So... Okay. Yeah, D-I-S-R-U-P-T-I-A, and it's Disruptia AI News, so AI and tech news. Um, that's, that's uh, but, I, but it's a very interesting one because, uh, you know, I, I like to merge things. So you merge technology with uh, 
or AI mainly with uh, yes. with comedy, which is really really nice to have, I would say. Um, uh, Sam, really, I appreciated your time today. Like uh, you know, it's late in the evening for you. Um, thank you very much for being a guest with me here today on the CTO show. Uh, and as usual, and I'm saying this too to the audience, if you are watching this on YouTube, please let us know uh, your feedback. Don't forget to subscribe. We are trying to get for you the best of the best as usual. And if you are listening this over your favorite podcasting platform for the first time, also don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. We are bringing daily episodes for you. Sometimes I'm doing solo episodes. Sometimes I'm having guests like Sam. And as usual, if you have any feedback or any questions, don't hesitate to reach out to me by email, by reaching to the LinkedIn or Twitter profile. And again, if you are interested to be a guest similar to Sam today, you can reach out to me and we can discuss and we can do the arrangement for that. And as usual, stay tuned to our next episode of the CTO Show with Mehmet. Thank you very much and up till next time. Thank you, Mehmet. It's fantastic. Thank you very much.